Uh, welcome this morning to Vision Sunday 2.0. 2.0. On your seat, you'll find our Vision Builders uh, brochure. It's not a CD. It's actually a brochure. Don't look at it now. Look at it a little bit later on. Uh, but check it out. And we're, we've got two weeks. Uh, this week builds to next week, which will be our Miracle Sunday, where we'll be bringing an offering and, uh, and a pledge for the next 12 months. And, and Vision Sunday 2.0 is a follow-up to the Vision Sunday that we shared earlier this year. Now, what's going to help me is if you're, getting, if you're even a slightly, faintly, remotely excited about the vision of this church, then you can give me an amen at any point. Okay, any point. And, and just before I get going, did I see Sean and Jane Foster sneak in the back up there? Stand up here, you guys. What is going on? These guys are awesome secret pastors, uh, great friends of ours, great friends of the church. And it's nice to have you sneak into church. God bless you. God bless you. Fantastic. Well, if you've been around this church for a little while, uh, you're going to be able to finish some of my phrases this morning. And that's a good thing. Uh, if you've only been, if you've been around for many years, and I know many of you have, uh, you're, you're going to uh, appreciate the value of tenacity and consistency and believing the same thing in God. Uh, if you've been around just a little while, maybe a few weeks or a few months or even a year, then I want to catch you up on aspects of the vision of our church, where we've come from and where we're going. Uh, the first thing that I need you to understand about C3 Powerhouse is this church is not a man's idea. It's not a good idea. It's God's idea. This church wasn't, wasn't someone woke up one day and thought, hmm, that's a good idea. I should live on the Sunshine Coast. That would be nice. And why don't I start a church while I'm at it? No, this church was birthed with a vision from God from the outset. And every major vision aspect of our church since that moment has been birthed in prayer. It comes out of a quickening of the Holy Spirit, a rhema word, a vision, a prophecy, a whisper from heaven, something that God continuously speaks to us about. We're clear in our vision and it hasn't changed and we've been declaring this for years of why we exist as a church here at C3 Powerhouse, even though our name's changed in the last 12 months. And it's this, we're here to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. That's what we're here. Lives like Keely, who you heard from this morning. Uh, we have tw uh, 10 clear values as a church that we, we embody the how we do church. We're soul winning, disciple making, supernatural church. We're a praying, Bible believing, passionate, worshiping church. We're a servant-hearted, loving, compassionate, and generous church. And this morning, I want to pause for a moment on the first of those values, the value we call a soul winning. This week, Danielle and I visited our C3 Powerhouse Creative Night, led by Lisa Moore, where our musos and singers and service production crew and marketing people got together. And we talked, it was a fantastic night. And one of the things I did, and I always do on those nights, is I, I shared a vision piece that I've written called Sensational Sundays. Uh, the focus of that description is that we want to spend the week preparing for, uh, uh, for Sensational Sundays, and the best two hours of people's week would happen that we prepare for. And one of the points that I've written here, and I want to read it to you, is this. Salvation is the high point. 
The pinnacle of our services are the altar call. The most important miracle is where a person gets born again. We all engage. We lean in. We pray strong but quiet for the release of souls from darkness to light. We are rescuing people from the gates of hell. We don't rush the moment. We let it breathe. The ultimate celebration in heaven occurs when just one sinner repents and our service reflects that. At Secret Powerhouse, we are unashamedly all about reaching people who are far from God. It's our true north. Yes, it's our true north. So it's because of that cause that we've got big dreams. There are too many people here on the Sunshine Coast coast and even beyond across Australia who are separated from God now and for eternity for you and I to live small, self-focused and safe lives. That's why we dream big. We dare to dream that, uh, that one day we'll be one of Australia's largest, most influential churches. I believe that's in the DNA of our house. We see ourselves as being one church across at least 10 different locations in Australia with the immediate plan to launch C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East later this year with Dan and Ebony Frecker. Uh, we see our church winning a thousand people to Christ in a year. It's a big dream, but it, we actually dream even bigger that one day, and I can see one day across one weekend, we'll see a thousand people come to Jesus Christ. We see ourselves as a leadership factory. We're raising and releasing entrepreneurs and influencers into every sphere of our society. We're a church where powerful healing miracles are a normal part of church life, just as it was in the book of Acts. We're a church who shines God's love into our community in a powerful and practical way. I see our church as an army of Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, demon-crushing, faith-filled, pro prophesying prayer people who serve and love our cities and communities into a loving, transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're one of them, why don't you give him a shout right now? That's who we are. That's awesome. That's the big picture vision. That's why we exist. It's who we are. It brings us to the second part of our Vision Sunday 2.0, our facilities. Our church has a rich history of God's miraculous provision around our facilities. Each step of our journey as a church has been marked by miracles, big and small, as we head to our ultimate permanent location here on the Sunshine Coast. It would literally take me hours this morning to describe to you the, the miracles and the breakthroughs that God's done for us over the years, uh, piece by piece, moment by moment, in terms of facilities and provision as a church. You're sitting just in one of them. You're sitting in a building that was once completely blank. It, there was just a toilet block where the, uh, where the uh, multimedia sits right now. There was nothing in here. We were renting a building in, in Main Drive. We called it the Green Building. The Kiwana Baptists are there now. God spoke to us about taking a step and moving into a bigger place, about leaving behind our aircon to bless them, and it blessed them, it did. And we were in here for a few years without aircon. We moved into this place. We were paying $3,000 a month in rent. The, the rent on this place was going to be $20,000. That's without the multi-purpose zone. It was a massive step of faith that we prayed about, made, uh, talked about, made wide decisions about. And we stepped out into needing to deck this place, uh, not just with that stretch of rent on a, on a monthly basis, but at the same time, uh, an estimated $2 million fit out that we would need to do with $2 million that we didn't have. 
And that seems to be the way God works all the time. He calls you to do things with things that you don't have so that your faith can grow by declaring those things that are not as though they were. That's what he did. So over a few years with sacrifice, faith, stretching, a lot of hot Sundays without aircon, we fitted this building out. We saw people get saved who, who actually came to be part of the building process. Someone like Mick Hickman who came and installed our aircon. He, he got saved during the process of being one of the fit-out guys. Uh, we saw God do miracle after miracle. One, uh, in one particular period of time, the, the biggest donation to our building fund came from someone not from our church. They'd heard that we'd given our aircon to the Kiwana Baptist, and so they said, we'll do $80,000 worth of electricals for free for you in here. Miracle after miracle, step after step. Now, there's a few things that I want us to be really clear about when I talk about facilities, things that are, that are important to us. Three things, particularly. Number one, I want us to be aware of this. Buildings and finances are a resource that we use to fulfill our vision of building a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. Buildings are not the end goal. They're a tool to fulfill the mission of what God's called us to. That's number one. That being said... I believe there's something spiritually significant about a church or a believer acquiring land or buildings. The devil opposes you and I taking ground, owning houses, buying land for the big, uh, buying land for our church because it's part of the Abrahamic covenant where God said, "I will give you and your descendants land." And so when we take land and buildings and we put a footprint down for the kingdom of God anywhere on the Sunshine Coast or beyond, it's a spiritually significant moment that's number two and number three Danielle and I intentionally lead us as a as a church in the faith journey around our land and facilities uh, we've made the decision that we're not just going to make some decisions behind the scene with our board and executive team and then one day turn up and say church hey guess what we've got some land uh, it's awesome We've made a decision to bring the church on the journey of faith with us. We've made the decision to put it all out there, to ride the highs and lows together, the disappointments, warts and all, and believe God because in the process of doing so, I believe what happens is you and I learn together how the journey of faith looks. We learn together about persistence. We learn together about getting a promise from God. We learn together about taking crazy steps of faith, about praying and fasting and sowing into breakthrough. And as we break through as a church, I've seen time and time again, many individuals experience the same breakthrough because we're learning together the journey of faith. Does that make sense today? Years ago, I heard someone say this, secret faith is shallow faith. So you'll find around here, there's not a lot of shallow faith going on. In fact, we're just crazy. That's how I would describe it. We're, we're crazy enough that if Jesus says, step out of the boat, we'll step out of the boat. We're crazy enough if he says, walk around the city and the walls are going to fall down, we'll walk around the city and the walls will fall down. We're crazy enough if he says, step into the water and I'll back it up, then why not? We're not just going to read about it in the Bible. We're going to live that kind of crazy God-inspired faith. So if you're looking for a non-crazy safety, and when I say crazy, I don't mean psychiatric issues. I just mean a little crazy because we believe God when he tells us impossible things. Come on. All right. That's who we are. So 
the journey for our future facilities began really uh, in 2002, and we we had a series of miracles that got us into the green building, which is on Main Drive. And when we when we're in there, uh, we we felt like we should begin to buy some land now for our future. And so uh, we, we followed some counsel. We began to do that. We found a piece of land that we thought we might buy. And I was praying in my office one day in the green building and, and just praying for this land. And, and when I pray, sometimes God gives me a picture, a vision. And this is 17 years ago in my office. I can, I can remember it like it was that. And I began to see the future facilities of our church. And I've described it, and every year for the last 17 years, I've been describing these facilities and buildings to us of what God showed me of where we're going to one day. And it was a series of buildings. And as I was praying and closed my eyes, that series of buildings was built around a quadrangle like a, a university campus. It reminded me of where I went to uni in Toowoomba or the Sunny Coast University. It was like a campus, a, a series of buildings. And as you looked at it, on the left, the, the first building was a community building where our youth and community facilities that had a, a stadium that could change and be used as, uh, for different purposes, a commercial kitchen and offices where we could make a difference into our community with a permanent facility. Then you went around a bit further and there was a three-story building and that three-story building was an educational building. It was a place for training church planters and entrepreneurs and, and a TV studio and just all, all this stuff in this three-story building uh, that, that would made me feel like we weren't just making a difference here in this community but we we were impacting beyond the walls of the coast, the nation, and even to the nations. And then you went around, and there was this other, this next building. And it had a, it was a, it was kids, it was a kids area. It had indoor, outdoor. It was fenced. Uh, these awesome playgrounds that kids would look at and say, "I'm going there on Sunday. That looks so amazing." Uh, somewhere that we could use during the week as a potentially as a childcare facility. We could we could have a stream of income from it. But it was it was definitely uh, it was just eye-catching kids facilities. And then you came a bit further further around and there was this auditorium massive big foyer lots of glass sunshine coast feel to it stainless steel uh, the, the building was a wow factor you, you walk into it it just it was a buzz and a hum but you walked into this stadium uh, seating and I, I've seen it so many times as I've prayed this flat floor that goes up on the sides and up to the back and, and people sitting all around it uh, just filled with the presence of God passionate worshippers and people's lives being transformed and I saw it in 2002 and it's ruined me it's ruined me I just I, I can't settle I just I can't settle for anything else except that thing that I've seen and so so here's here's the thing so we we began we we ended up buying 30 acres of land over here in Rainforest Drive and that, that, that Russell Smith rang me literally on holidays one day he said I found this great block of land should we buy it well like can we and he goes yes should we yes so we bought we bought it and it was God giving us a, a step into the market and and as we prayed and we 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 thought we tried to imagine uh, you know to be honest I could never just really feel or see that vision coming to pass on this piece of land and so in 2013 after after 12 uh, 11 years of casting the vision and and paying paying the loan down on the land and also on the fit out here and all that we've done uh, a prophet called Vicki Simpson who's visited our church came along and she began to prophesy over us and she said some very interesting things. She said that God's been holding off your land for a reason and for a season, that it wasn't an issue of lack. It was an issue of God's divine timing. She said this thing, that, that the key of David is in the hands of God to open a door 
that no one else can open. This year, Pastor Phil prophesied about doors being open. She prophesied this in 2013. She said, uh, she said God was setting us up uh, to build a facility that would be nationally significant, that people would come from all around the nation to look at it and that they would be inspired. She said that, that God, but, but what we were seeing right now wasn't complete, that God was going to draw the curtains back for us for our future and that it wasn't going to be exactly like we thought. Remember, we owned that, that was our main thing. She said, you're going to skip a stage and go into another place and it's going to be only what God can do because only God is going to get the glory for what he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Well, that prophecy started to mess with us and we began to talk and pray as an executive team and board about, well, maybe it's not this land. Maybe, we'll, maybe we need to begin to, to look for something different and, and the Lord really confirmed that and spoke to us. So in 2015, we took a bold step, a crazy step. And we announced to everyone in the church that we don't believe that the land we're on is the, current, is the land God's got for us. We read some scriptures out. We, re- we played that prophecy. We produced this little prayer card. Mine's trashed because I've, I've prayed it and I've held it so many times. Uh, it had that prophecy from Vicki Simpson on it. On the other side was a shot of the coast and with some scriptures. And we said, we're going to pray and believe God for some land that will be four things, S-A-V-E. It will be strategically positioned. It will have acreage for 15 plus acres it will be visible from the highway or motorway and will have easy access a number of things that our current land doesn't have and we put it out there we've got these little armbands that said s-a-v-e and we began to pray and say god show us the land i i I remember in october 2015 we had our very first all-night prayer meeting and at 1.30 in the morning, this crazy crowd, I think we've got a photo of them, this crazy crowd at 1.30 in the morning in the middle of an all-night prayer meeting had a convoy, we drove down to the Nicklin Way, we drove down Caloundra Road, we drove down uh, the, the, the Bruce Highway and we came back around the Sunshine Motorway all saying, God, show us our S-A-V-E land. Show us, lead us to it. And we didn't find it in a night, although I remember specifically on that night sitting here praying and and, I, and the Holy Spirit just whispered to me and I had a sense of God pointing over my shoulder to a piece of land. I didn't know where it was, but pointing over my shoulder and just said, it's yours. So on my little piece of land, I've got it circled. It's yours. It's my reminder. And out of that, over the next 12 months, Russell Smith and Jeremy Moore, our Joshua and Caleb, began to look for what would be that land and they they looked and we had a few um, dead ends and kept looking and and eventually this is this is fascinating to me russell in around october that year came back we're now in 2016 and said i I found a piece of land that's in power road i said oh i like that name he said it's in power road there's a back section that we could possibly uh, buy and section off and build build our facilities it's large enough we'd need to get a change of use it's connected to a front section Uh, there are some llamas on it Uh, uh, it's like a little llama farm, which is sort of like a pre-sacrificial offering. No, that's not what it is. Uh, it's it's this, this, this llama farm, and that's, that's zoned for all high-density high townhouses or medium-density townhouses. Maybe we could get the back section. At the same time, over a few-month period, two people from our church independently had prophetic dreams. One of them in their prophetic dream uh, said they were shown the land that we were to go to, and you drove past a power plant, literally, drove down power road 
to where our uh, future church facilities were going to be. They emailed us this. Then no one knew. Then someone else emailed and said, God showed me the piece of land on the opposite side of the Sunshine Coast University and there's acreage there right on the highway and there's some funny little animals on it. I'd be llamas, I would suggest. So, so having this sense that God's speaking to us about this, this uh, land, we begin to pray more, we begin to pray more. And, uh, and in, in that whole time, we, we, we get to a little bit later on in that, that time of praying. And uh, every week, I think at this point, our board and exec are praying, God, show us, where are you taking us? Is this the land? Are we going to go public about this? And, and I remember one particular day waking up in the morning and, and we're doing a lot of fasting during that season, a lot of fasting. And, and I get this scripture and it jumps off the page at me and it's like, this has never jumped off the page at me. I've got no idea what this is. And it's in Proverbs 27, 25 and 26 and it says, after the hay is harvested and the new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing and your goats will provide the price of a field. And I'm like literally I'm like why do I feel the presence of God as I read that scripture I wrote it down I literally wrote Lord maybe some goats are going to give us money maybe maybe some unsaved people are going to give us some money to buy our future facilities that's what I wrote in my journal uh, then I, we got to our prayer with our, our board and executive team and we're beginning to pray for Power Road because we were each day and we're beginning to pray for Power Road and then the Holy Spirit reminded me of that scripture he said and the, the sheep will provide wool for your clothing goats will provide the price of your field and instantly he said the goats are the llamas buy the whole lot improve the front sell it off and use it to pay for the back building and whoosh the presence of God just hit me as soon as that thought hit me so I shared that with the team Daniel got this great scripture about um, leading us into our land and dividing it up for the future so we're like all right that's our God strategy and then a couple of months later we're praying again and we're praying about selling our existing land because at that point we didn't know we're going to swap it how what are we going to do we're praying about it and and in that prayer in that prayer time I I see a sold sign out the front of our rainforest drive I see this big sign was sold on it and I hear the Lord say five million dollars stop when we talk and we always do this what did God say and Ian Dimon says oh I saw a sold sign out the front of our property I go really and Russell goes yeah God told me for five million dollars I go really okay you just confirmed our strategy so we're like okay God you're speaking now that's crazy because the land's only worth one and a half to two million right now in its actual value so that so we're like all right not sure how this is going to work so then we made possibly the biggest ever faith, faith risk we've taken at that point and that was to go public with what I've just told you because it's one thing as a board and executive team to be declaring things that are crazy ridiculous impossible but remember we'd already made a decision secret faith is shallow faith let's take the church on the journey and uh, let's let's just you know God's reputation's on the line my reputation's on the line hey why not have all our reputations on the line let's just go go and believe him so we we got in June 27 and we said church this is what we believe God wants us to do. We believe He wants us to sell Rainforest Drive for $5 million, to buy uh, Power Road for $8 million. They want $20 million for it right now, but it's market value. We got it valued as $8 million. We're going to uh, improve and sell the front section of Power Road to allow us to build 10 to $12 million facilities debt-free. And I began to declare it in person, and then when I felt faith on it, I began to declare it in our church, and we went crazy, and we're still crazy, and that's where we are. 
we've been fasting and we've been praying. Uh, last, last year, we had another all-night prayer meeting and another group of crazy, faith-believing God people turned up and we, uh, we drove around Power Road seven times just, and we were singing our song, It's Our Turn, It's Our Time, listening to a prophecy from Vicki Simpson, but saying, God, we believe your promises. Oh, I love this church. I love your faith. It's so amazing. So then something amazing happened. The end of 2018, five years of continuous fasting, praying, or, well, not continuous, two years it was continuous. Someone was fasting every day of the year for, for these breakthroughs. Round the clock, 24-7 prayer meeting, seven days, like continuous crazy. And God spoke to us. He said, it's done. You've prayed it through in the spirit realm. It's done in the heavenlies. It's, I imagine like a, a massive big water bucket's been filled up and now it's ready to pour out with our answer. He said, so I want you to stop fasting. And someone said, yeah, that was, that was the big announcement that got a lot of joy. I want you to stop fasting right now and I want you to move from prayer and focus on God moving to praise for what He's done. I want you to feast and party and celebrate and call this year a year of the party to celebrate what I am going to do this year. So that's where we are. And Pastor Phil Pringle rocked up this year. He prophesied and he said, hey, in, in uh, June, July this year, doors, remember the prophecy, I've got the key of David to open doors that no man can open. Doors for your church are going to open in terms of facilities into the future for here and for Melbourne in August. And that's where we stand. That's why uh, this next seven days, we're going to have a prayer meeting at 6.15 in the morning till 7 each morning, believing God and declaring His promises, saying, God, we want to see lives transformed. Lord, we want to see, we're giving you praise for what you've said you've done. And I, I have, I, I like doing this stuff. I have... Uh, a contract here for $8 million for the land at Power Road with scriptures written all over it. And so we're going to be praying over this contract every morning, just saying, God, thank you, it's done. Thank you, it's done. Thank you, it's done. That's, that's kind of part of what we'll be doing. At the same time, praying for people's breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs. So that leads us to where we are right now. And if I could get the keys player to come on up, that would be awesome. Next Sunday... We've called Miracle Sunday. It's a prophetic name. We don't normally call our, we normally call it Celebration Sunday, but it's Miracle Sunday. Uh, it's a prophetic name in response to a prophecy for our church that June, July would see the opening of doors. Uh, we're going to be bringing an offering next Sunday and making giving pledges for the next 12 months for our vision builders for our current and future facilities. 10% for the first time of this will be going to our church plant in Melbourne East. And if C3 Powerhouse is your home church, I want to ask you to join Danielle and I to go all in again for the vision that God has given us, to be a vision builder. Now, I realize that I can't imagine there's anyone around here saying, perfect timing, I've got some spare cash. Unless you've got those wads of cash under your mattress, but perhaps not. I can't imagine too many of us look at our budget and say, woohoo, I've got surplus. Most of us are thinking about what we're spending our money on, we're planning, we're, work, we're, we're, we're disciplined. So that's why I want to ask you to think about and answer three questions. And that's why you have on your seat this, because it goes along with your pledge. The first thing is why? 
You've got to know your why. You see, I used to get fit because I loved playing competitive sport. I loved playing footy and I needed to be fit so I would run. I don't really like running. But I love to be fit to play sport because I like winning more than running. And so when I stopped playing competitive sport, I stopped getting fit. And so then one day I realized that my fitness wasn't what it should be. And I realized particularly on Sundays, I come a Sunday night, I was getting quite tired and I'd come to an altar call time and I didn't have the energy to give it what it needed. And so now I had a why to get fit. And so suddenly I began to run and I remember running along the boardwalk at Kings Beach running along and my why very much in the forefront of my mind going, I see that hand. I see that hand. Because I had a why, I was doing something I didn't really enjoy, but there was a purpose behind it. You got to know what your why is. It's amazing how a swimmer can get up at four in the morning and swim for two hours when they've got a, a picture in front of them of standing on a podium winning, a, winning a, an award. It's amazing how a bride can go without all this food because she sees a picture of herself in this beautiful wedding dress and she's got a very clear why of why she wants to fit into that dress. It's amazing how a couple can work two jobs and make sacrifices because they see themselves buying a house and stepping into their very own home. They're prepared to make a sacrifice because their why is clear. And my question to you this morning is why are you a vision builder? What's your why? My why is really obvious. <laughs> you saw my why this morning. One of them get up and talk about never going to church in her life and meeting Jesus in this church and her life being transformed. There's not enough room to write all my whys because they've all got names. But that's, why my, that's my why. I'm all in for the vision, Jesus being glorified, building these facilities and seeing people like Healy's life transform, people like Doug and Joe. That's my why. Your why might be different. Your why might be your unsaved family who are yet to be in church and you want to you sacrifice and give for a, a, a facility that will house your unsaved family. Your why might be for your grandchildren and future generations to have a place that they can grow up to that's excellent where but those facilities bring glory to God and help them fulfill the call of God in their life. It's about future generations for your why. Your why might be because you want to pay it forward. You met Christ in this church. Someone paid for the chair, the roof, the rent, the building for you and your life's been transformed and now you're prepared to make a sacrifice to pay it forward so somebody else can come and have the same experience that you've had. And I want you this week to think about your why. Why am I a vision builder? Because once you know your why, then you can go to the next question. Well, what am I sacrificing? And you can make a sacrifice when you know your why. When you've got a clear picture of what it's for, no one likes sacrificing. It goes against our grain, but it's the nature of the kingdom. Sacrifice is where you sacrifice something you love for something you love all the more. Sacrifice is something that Danielle and I have made a commitment to do as leaders of this church and I'm never going to stand up here in front of you and ask you to do something that we're not prepared to do ourselves. So over the years, we've sacrificed in different ways. Here's some ways you can sacrifice. You can sell something that you've got and sacrifice and give that. Our first sacrifice was a car that we owned. We sold it, saw a picture of dropping, dropping the keys in the, offering basket, in the offering basket, sold it for $5,000, gave that in an offering for the church. 
Ever since then, there's been different things. We've sold uh, a couple of different properties at different times to, to fulfill pledges, to, to give to God. We wanted to give. God spoke about a certain amount. The only way we could do it was if we would sell a property. I know people in this church who have sold cars, motorbikes. Uh, you can't sell your kids, just to be clear about that. That's not an option. People who have sold horses. Uh, and if you, sell, if you want to give your horse, don't bring it to church. Sell it, bring the money, just to be clear. It's not Old Testament times. Sacrifice can be something that you put money aside for. And you go, okay, well, God, I can go without that because of my why. I've seen young people go, oh, I had this $200 set aside for that pair of shoes. But I'm giving that to the house. I've watched people sell their favorite guitars. I've watched people who'd saved a house deposit and God spoke to them about, their, about giving and they said, well, we're going to take a portion of that, which means it'll be longer till we get into the, our house in their own thinking. But you do actually unlock a supernatural thing. But in their own thinking, there's a sacrifice. The most common way to sacrifice is usually something that's in your budget. You're like, okay, we're going to go without that for a year. Uh, for the last one year, it was our holiday budget. Like, we're not going to, we'll just have holidays at home or a house swap. We'll be creative, but we won't spend money on holidays unless we're spe specifically given money for it. And so that allowed us to fulfill our pledge. One year it was takeaway food. Uh, one year it was our clothing budget for the year, which was more painful for Danielle than it was for me. All sorts of different things. I've heard people give up their coffee budget for a year. So please no, Lord, please no. But it's just people have given up their Foxtel, their Spotify, their... When you look at your budget there's things you can go without if you've got something you love all the more and what it does it cements something in your heart when you're sacrificial and the third thing I want you to think about as you're praying this week about what to give and uh, if, you're not, if you know you're not going to be here next week you can, you can make your pledge today or the week after or, or whatever it is the third thing is as I sow what am I believing for Philippians 4 18 and 19 at the moment I have all I need and more I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. This is the Apostle Paul. Your gifts are a sweet-smelling sacrifice. There's that word. It's a New Testament word. It's not about a cow being sacrificed. It's your gift is a sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Lord, let our sacrifices be acceptable and pleasing to you. Watch what happens. Because of that, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Here's what happens when you become a sower into the house of God. You move from the limitation of your riches and what you can do financially into the glorious riches of Christ Jesus. Your faith can then begin to activate because you're a sower. Financial miracles in your life as you sow seeds. You move from the natural realm to the supernatural realm and you can say, God, I'm sacrificing. It's a pleasant aroma to you. Now will you supply my needs? And that's the third part. As I sow, what am I believing for God to do? What miracles would you like to see God do in your life? Who, what, what, what things, we, and we're going to be praying this week. I'll be leading tomorrow morning's prayer meeting, 615. We're going to pray for 45 minutes for the next seven days. God would for you specifically release financial miracles into our church as we sow. That's part of what we're going to do over the next seven days. So I want us to close our eyes as I come to a close. It's gone a little bit over.
I'm asking Holy Spirit as we pray and we prepare for what's ahead. As we prepare to pledge, as we prepare to give, help us to understand our why. Help us to make a decision about what we're going to commit and what to sacrifice. And I pray that you release financial blessing over this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.